Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's give him high praise this morning. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Well, I think I'm on target this morning. Hallelujah. The song, the pastor making his comments today, I don't go around telling everybody what I preach, and I didn't tell him either. I don't want him to know my message until I preach it. He may copy it one of these days. I love the Lord. How about you? Hallelujah. We give him high praise. He's worthy. I said he's worthy. Let me say something to you and cause you to kind of realize here. Abraham Lincoln said, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. For God is always right. And here we got George Washington saying, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. That's the point that the church needs to grab a hold of. It is my responsibility as a child of God to grab a hold of everything in the book. Hallelujah. Now would you stand with me? I'm not going to sing. I got too much to talk about to sing and take the time up for a song right now. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. You need to ask yourself some questions. Do I truly believe that God, that my God of the Bible always was, always is, and always will be? Another question is, if I believe God always was, is, and will be, then I must believe nothing is impossible. Give him high praise, somebody. I said, give him high praise. Hallelujah. Behold, beloved, to your confidence, one day our present Lord will be explained in all of us. Amen. Here's another one in the book of Hebrews. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense and reward. Hebrews 10.35. This is not my message. I got all day to wade through all of this. But I'm not going to hold you here all day because you'll get hungry on me and you'll start slipping out one at a time. All right, here's Hebrews 3.14. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. We got a great responsibility 
That's children of God. Okay? Now, thank you for being here. This is the 3rd of July, and tomorrow's 4th of July, and a lot of things are going on, so forth and so on. And we're kind of down this morning a little bit, but you are here. And you know what? God has written your name down today that you're in the house of God. All right, I take you today with two portions of Scripture to give us our message, and I would like to have them on the board, please. I want to take you to Matthew 16. You've heard this many, many times. Matthew 16, verses 17 and 19, through 19. Would you, can you read that? And Jesus said unto him, that's Peter, had not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven, Matthew 16. Matt, what? Uh, yeah, oh, that's in your Spanish. I couldn't read it. I thought, boy, my grammar, English has already toppled. That's for you. All right? Let's go to the other side. Am I? Huh? Thank you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, and the gates, and the gates of hell, and the gates of hell, shall not prevail against them. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom, and this is Peter that he's talking Peter alone. This just didn't come to Peter alone. But he gave Peter the keys. And heaven, uh, the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt Bind shall be, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth in heaven. Pastor just was touching on the church and what was hap- going to happen, what he feels is going to happen. Amen. Well, let me tell you my message this morning. The greatest. The church's greatest hour is still ahead. Say that again. The greatest hour of the church is still ahead. Hallelujah. We must come to a conclusion. You may be seated. It's going to be greater than the day of Pentecost. The birth of the church. Hallelujah. This message is going to be continued 
as it was on the day of Pentecost, but it's going to be greater. There's coming a day when the church and a building will not hold what God has in store for men and women of our generation. Hallelujah. I know that we think at times that uh, it's not going to happen. We have been praying and praying. But I believe God is still in charge. Oh, I know that we have had people that was afraid of the virus and, and not really energized to come to church. I know that. But let me tell you something. God has all power. He can heal any disease. There's nothing that's impossible with God. Hallelujah. And in the end time, we're coming to an end. We're in the end time, but there's going to be a mighty explosion of the Almighty God. You that are in uh, uh, watching today on your uh, home advice, ad, whatever you're using to uh, have this message and hear it from the United Pentecostal Church, the the church today, uh, our headquarters, possibly, if you don't know it, is in, head, uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. But when Israel had crossed the Red Sea, they sang God's praises for his mighty deliverance. Hallelujah. We should be singing God's songs for, for special deliverance. We're living in time that... The devil is trying to persuade you uh, we're in terrible times. We know that. But we serve a God that is able to take us through. Moses was talking to the children of Israel. And they came through the Red Sea. The enemy, the Egyptians, was following after them. And they came to take them back to serve the Egyptian people, wanting to make slaves of them. But God spoke to Moses. And Moses went to God and said, We need your help. Amen. And you need God's help. You're no match for the enemy on your own. I don't know if you know what that said, but you need God on your side. I'm glad I know God. How about you? We're in closing days. Jesus could come anytime. But we serve a mighty God. He knows what's going on. And, and people are giving in to this virus that is humiliating the church. Don't take humiliation from him. Stand up and praise God. Give him glory. The church has its greatest hour ahead of them. We're going to see miracles take place. I believe that. I believe that. Pastor keeps talking about the miracles. I believe that because we serve a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I, I hope that I can just give you something today to cause you to realize 
If you're part of the church, you need to say, I believe the church's greatest hour. I'm not going to believe the past, but I can believe the future. Because God said that he was going to bring it to pass. He, in these last days, peerless times will come. But be encouraged. My God is an awesome God. He reigns over heaven and earth. There's nothing. Think of the amazing miracles that the early Jewish people saw and experienced at the Red Sea. Amen. They knew the enemy was coming. Moses talked to God, and he said, Look, we're no match for them. They're coming in their chariots and their horsemen. And the Lord said, just a simple question. Moses, what's in your hand? You know, God doesn't have to have armies. He just told Moses, Moses, what's in your hand? Moses said, it's, it's a rod. And the Lord said, well, Moses, you've got several thousand of my people following you. And they were saying, did he bring us out here to destroy us? But look at the army of the Egyptians coming before us. So God said, Moses, I can take care of this. What would you say if you were in a condition like this? A predicament with over uh, several thousand people following. And what would you come to the point of saying, oh God, uh, we're not going to make it. Church, I'm sorry that we have brought you out here. Uh-uh. No, no, no. The Lord told Moses, Moses, you've got all these people. You're wanting to take them across Jordan, the Red Sea, rather. Now just stretch forth your rod. Can you imagine the mud that if you had to walk it, tried to walk it, by yourself, and it was uh, probably up to just over your head, six, eight feet. You start walking, and the further you got out, the deeper you started pulling up, trying to pull up mud. Attached to your feet. Water is up to your chin. But God said, Moses, that rod's in your hand. Use it. Sometimes we need God to tell us, really, use what you got. Don't discard it. Don't throw it aside. But God said, take that rod and stretch it out. Moses. 
Moses thought it. What? I wonder what your question would be. Huh? You mean? That's not going to work. The Red Sea is flowing swiftly in its banks. Moses, stretch forth your rod. And when he did, and obeyed God, you know, if we obeyed God more, we would see more things happen. Oh, yes, we, would. Amen. we don't obey God like we ought to. We're not obeying God with our life committed to Him. We feel like we can handle this. We can do this. We can do that. Oh, you can't do nothing by yourself. You can't overrun the devil by yourself. It takes God's power. Working in you, working in me to overcome the powers of darkness. This world is covered in darkness today, church. Oh, I know we got a sun, we got a moon, and we got daylight, nighttime. But there's something yet we need in our life. Even today, oh, I know you got the Holy Ghost. I know you're serving God. But you know, Israel was serving God when they were fleeing Egypt. But they realized they needed something more. Moses realized he needed something more. He needed God to help him. Amen. And it happened. It happened. When Moses stretched forth his rod, the Red Sea started op opening up. The Bible says that they went across the Red Sea on dry ground. What a miraculous thing. You know, we... Sometimes don't go back maybe and think about the miracles God did in people's lives. Way, way back. You see, for many years, they never really gave concern. Never could there be so great a miracle as this happened on that day. Let me give you something else. Never will his people be in so severe a crisis as this. Well, you know, we've been, we've felt that we've been in a great crisis. Right? And, and, and we've had some of us to, to stay away from the church because we didn't want to maybe contact this virus. Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you that are here today has had the virus? Raise a hand. Look at it. Did that stop us from coming to church? 
we quarantined ourselves for what? Seven days? A little time? To make sure? We tried some of us to get the shot, and we still took it. Huh? And you took the shot, number one, because they were free. Government paid for them, but you didn't. I didn't. And I was in a church service several weeks ago. I came home, and man, the first of the week, I, I started getting sick. I went, got my check out, and it said, you don't have it. I said, man, I, I don't feel good. Surely something I've caught. Well, I went to another place, and they took it right there. And they said, you're positive. You're positive. So, you see, I had it, but one thing was good that I'd had a couple of shots. I don't, I don't, uh, it doesn't embarrass me to tell you I had two shots and a booster. Now, how many of you had the two shots and a booster? Well, not all of you, but, you know, we're just. you're going to catch it from us. I'd have to say, I think, if I hadn't had the shots and the booster, I would have been much worse, much worse than I was. Well, we, we look at this and we say, oh, we got medication. I tell you what, I remember back when I was a young child. And the doctor would come at home and check us. And checked me, and I was sick. And I had uh, the whooping cough. You, you don't remember that. You're telling your age. <laughs> Amen. At one time, I thought I was going to die. But you know what? I came through. Not because of me, not because of my family was Christian, but because of my father's uncle that knew God and prayed for me. Hallelujah. I'm talking about miracles. I had warts all over my hands during high school and during military, before military. And I had warts, and my uncle said, Herb, come over here. Bib overhauls on, had a little oil bottle in his pocket. He said, come over here and sit down. He said, your hands look terrible, don't they? I said, yes. And all I had to do was bump one of them at, on something and, and hit, a, hit a seed wart. Took a little bottle out. He opened it up, said, let me see them hands. 
started anointing them fingers. He said, now put them in my hand, same hand. I'm, I'm trying to go back and tell you Israel began to see what God could do by opening up the Red Sea. And he just prayed. And he said, now, don't worry about it, but said, uh, one morning or one day you're going to look at your hands and these are going to be gone. I had all these warts on my hands. I didn't know God. I wasn't going to church. I was real young, about 8 to 10 years old in that era. And you know what? All of a sudden, one day, I started to look. The warts are gone. They're gone. But the man of God that knew him anointed me with oil in the name of Jesus Christ. And I died there. They were gone. I looked up one day and it was gone. If you'll believe God, the hour ahead of us is greater than before us. Whatever's happened in the past, it's going to be greater in the future. Let's believe God that he's going to do it. Hallelujah. Israel was commanded to do something else. And I think I'm going to tell you what you also need to do. The Bible said he told them to tell their children. Let their family know what God can do and will do. Hallelujah. And he took and told the, the people, you tell your generation. You tell your generation after you. We need to have some memories that we can say, this is what God did for me and my family. I can tell you today, my, my life has not always been a fairy tale. It's always not been smooth sailing. When I was a young person, amen, when I was growing up, it was tough. I heard a preacher say, that used to pastor the, the, the cathedral church in California. Tough times never last. But tough people do. Come on. Tough times never last. But tough people do. You've got to be tough. And stay in the center of God's will. That you might overcome temptation. Set your heart. To seek the Lord and he will deliver you. Hallelujah. I had diphtheria when about 8, 12, between 8 and 14, something like that, in bed. I didn't know whether or not, you know, I was going to get well. 
I wasn't thinking about dying. I was too young. It wasn't on my heart to think that I was going to die. But I had an uncle that knew the master. The reason I'm saying this today because God wanted Israel to know their children, their generation after them, what God did for them. He wants your generation, your children, your sons and your daughters to know what God has done in their lives in the past. Tell them about it. Tell them about it. Hallelujah. I've got a son and daughter here. The son is the pastor. My daughter does a lot of great things, and, and she's been blessed, and my son's been blessed. Traveling in the car and traveling. Uh, you know what? We didn't have the radio on all the time, doing this and that. We would start singing. Hallelujah. And you know what? The presence of God would just come in. Amen, amen, they were young, but the presence of God would just come in. Hallelujah. They have witnessed things that I've forgotten. They have seen the hand of God. I'm glad they're in church. I'm glad the pastoring... Uh, pastor is pastoring. His wife is pastoring and helping him in the ministry. There's nothing like serving God. I don't care how far you go. I don't care how far you reach out and who you have known and who you don't know. I don't care how much money you may make and you may not make, but I serve a God. Hallelujah. He's going to let me see what's going to happen in the future. Greater things that we see is going to happen. And you might as well be a part of it. You might as well share with it. Because God is going to bring it to pass. That his latter days is going to be greater than his former days. Your days can be greater than your latter, your latter days than your former days. Hallelujah. We're serving a mighty God. I said, we're serving a mighty God. The church's greatest hour is still ahead of them. Don't let the devil tell you uh, it's over. Uh, God's not going to do anything. And uh, he should present, present himself all power. But you know what? He doesn't have power over God. Hallelujah. God let him be in the world that he might. Allow him. He can't do nothing to you unless God allows it. He can't touch you unless God says it's all right. Amen. He told the devil, have you considered my servant, Job? Have you thought about Job? Come on, church. Come on. Did you know the devil talks to the Lord about you? I believe that. I believe the Lord says, oh, you've got a fence around him. 
You got a fence around her. Uh, yeah, you cater to Job, but you won't cater to me. Come on. God doesn't love me no more than he loves you. God doesn't, is not concerned no more about me than he is you. He wants you to make it. He's given you the power of the Holy Ghost to give you strength over the enemy. He's given you the Holy Ghost to resist the devil, to get behind you. We want to we want to say, oh, I'm afraid. I'm so concerned. Uh, sometimes you may walk the floor praying, oh, God, help me. Let nothing happen to me. My children, God knows where you're. God knows where that son and daughter is. Amen. Hallelujah. And he knows where you're at right now. Amen. His eyes are not closed to his church. Hallelujah. You're the apple of God's eye. Don't you know that? If you're living for God, walking with God, serving the Lord, living holy and righteous, day in and day out, fighting the enemy, did you know God's eyes on you? Your day is going to be greater than the former days. You've got to believe it. If you don't believe it, it won't happen. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't believe it's going to happen. Let me, let's go just a little further. He wanted the, Moses to tell the generation to give him praise, stretch out his hand toward them, and then he wanted them to tell their generation, and their generation, and their generation. Hallelujah. As a child, David must have sat enthralled as he heard the story being told over and over again. You know, it's something to just hear people talk about their experiences with God, how God has did this. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. It just it stirs you up. To hear what God, I don't see anything happening. I don't see anything taking place. I don't see any healings taking place. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's coming. Hallelujah. The people were talking way back there, and it said, uh, it's going to rain. It's going to rain, but how can it rain? We have never seen anything like that. The Bible says it started raining one day. It rained a week, seven days. It rained another seven days. That's 14 days. It rained two more weeks, and that was 28 days. And then it rained another four uh, 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 a week and that was 28 and 7 is what huh 35 whoa but it didn't stop it just kept raining the fountains of the deep began to rise amen but then it said it rained another 5 days 
didn't stop. There was a song that was written by a lady. She said, and the song went, it rained 40 days and it rained 40 nights and there wasn't no land nowhere in sight. Amen. The scripture says that when the water begins to subside, there was a big ark floating out there. Who knows what that ark was? Who built it? He built a big ark. It was a, a little old thing. It was a monstrous ship. Amen. And the Bible says that, uh, uh, that uh, Moses had that ark built, or Jonah, uh, pardon me, Moses, Noah had that ark built. And then he comes to a place now. How are we going to get all this put together? Hey, don't try to think that you know it all. God knows what he's doing. Yes, he does. You time. just do what God wants you to do. That's right. And Amen. do it right. Amen. Amen. And God will bless you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And his three sons and their wives helped build the ark. And it kept building and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, how in the world is this big boat going to float? Well, God already knew how it was going to float. They pitched it within, and they pitched it without, and then the rain came. And then there was one door. One door to get in. And when God said to Noah, all right, Noah, it's time we're going to get in the boat. I heard him tell the disciples one day, they said, let's go to the other side. And they said, well, we don't have any. How are we going to get over there? He said, get a boat. And the Bible said they got a boat. All of them got in the boat. And they went to the other side. God knows how to get you out of this mess that we're in today. Don't, don't, don't fool yourself. God has the answer. Come on. God has the answer to your difficulty for your problem that you're facing. He knows how he's going to deliver. And God knows how he's going to deliver in the end time. Hallelujah. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Hallelujah. I'm going to take care of you. You're my people. Amen. I'm going to see you through all of your turmoil, your trust, your tragedies, and whatever you may be going through. So that ark, wasn't moving. Hallelujah. How are we going to have enough water to move that thing? Well, first of all, they got all the animals put in. 
a male and female, a male and female, a male and female. Hallelujah. And when all the animals got in, he said, now it's time, close the door. All those, watch this now, all those people that looked at that big thing, they begin to wonder, how in this world, what do they think? And then, look, do you know what it cost to feed that multitude of people that was going to get in the boat? What about these that says, oh, that thing won't float. It won't get off the ground. You know, that's the way a lot of people think. But if you know your God, if you're trusting your God for the future, how is he going to get all these people off the earth that claims to be born-again people filled with the Holy Spirit, his Spirit? How are they going to, you know, get off of this earth? That's simple. God is going to do it. Hallelujah. You ever read in the Bible where there is an act that's going to take place? It's, it's called the rapture. The rapture. What is the rapture? Jesus said, I'm going to tell you what a rapture is. He said the dead in Christ is going to rise first. What? What 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 are you telling? What are you saying? How are they gonna rise first? Paul said, Take heed. Hallelujah. In the last days, he has a church. I said, He has the church. Praise God. I don't have to worry as long as I stay true to God. Come on, church. You don't have to worry if you'll stay true to God. Serve Him. Praise Him. Worship Him. He deserves it. He died on Calvary that you and I might have life and that we may have it more abundantly. And we're going to have it by the grace and power and mercies of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And the Bible said uh, He started putting in all the animals and then he had rooms for his three sons, their wives, his wife, all the cattle, everything that he wanted in that ark, it was big enough to hold it. But uh, probably seven billion people on this earth called earth. How are all of these people is going to inherit something in heaven? The Bible says in St. John chapter 14, Behold, I go. He doesn't say we're going. He said I'm going to prepare 
a little shack. Oh, no, no. Huh? I'm going to prepare a mansion. Hallelujah. John, Revelation, Paul said, or I mean, uh, John said, I saw heaven open. And there appeared in heaven a chain of homes. I saw mansions. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, have you got a mansion? Come on. Get excited about it. I got a mansion on the other side. Hallelujah. Nobody built it but God. He built me a mansion over there. If I need it, I've got it. If I don't need it, then I have what I have and what I have need of. He knows what you have. When you leave this life, when you leave this life, that's it on this side. Whatever you got, Probably wouldn't buy you a, uh, uh, well, whatever. But he's got a mansion prepared for you. How do you think it's going to look? Now, I know that you keep your house clean. You keep it up to date. and You remodeled it, too, and everything. I have a little bit. Brother Dave has a little bit. My son has a little bit. My grandson has a little bit. But it's nothing compared, brother, brother Dave, to what God has prepared for them. Just not everybody's got a mansion. What? Not everybody's going to have a mansion. Not everybody's going to heaven. Well, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Surely. You have more of an amen than that. I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm trying to jog your memory and touch your heart with what God has in store for you and has prepared for you and I that love him. Hallelujah. I said everybody wasn't going to heaven. And I know that you hate that and I hate that. Out of 14 of my family, my mom and dad, and 14 kids, I'm the last. I'm the 14th child out of my family. Did all of them have a mansion? I wish I could say yes. But, but, I can't say that. I can't say that because I don't know. I don't think if I believe in what I preach, if I accept what I preach out of the book of Acts of the apostles, I can't believe all of them made it. Over half or more, three quarters or more made it. I, I, and I hate to say that, I loved my family. Amen. We had a lot of fun and good times together. But I want you to know I'm going to have a better time on the other side. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to seeing some of my relatives. 
I'm looking forward to seeing some of my family members. I'm looking forward to seeing my father and my mother, not as my father and my mother, but I shall know them as they are. Hallelujah. I will know. Because God has a family. They're part of God's family. I'm part of God's family. I want to be part of that family. You should be wanting to be a part of that family and let nothing separate you from God. Hear me? There's nothing in this world is more precious. Don't let your experience and your walk with God, don't let the devil convince you that God doesn't love you. Whether God is on our side, our greatest concern is to be on God's side. For God is always right, and he loves you. He died for you. I pray. Hey. I imagine David had spent many days listening to his father and their brothers tell about victory that God gave. I can imagine David out with the sheep. I don't know if he took a harp with him. You know, he played a harp. I don't know if he had a big harp or a small harp. But without how to praise God. Without a harp, I so be. But I know how to worship God without a guitar, without being in the right key on I may be straining a little bit. Wife, I sit beside her. She plays the piano and we'll sing praises. We'll praise God. Just her and I sitting there. And the Lord will come down. In the spirit. And he'll just hover. You can feel him. He just hovers. Hallelujah. If you don't know how to play an instrument, try to buy you one and learn. It'll bring great joy in your heart when you're sitting down. And you start singing praises to God. God He just moves in and overshadows. Now, if you don't know how to play, I understand that. You can still sing. You may not have, uh, you know, harmony like you think you would like, but you can sing. Sing praises to God and give Him glory. Thank you, Lord, for health and strength. Thank you, God. I'm just wanting to give you praise. I just come to praise the Lord. I just come to give him high praise. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, God. I can't finish. I can't finish. There's too much to talk about. 
Akadane Eloromo Shandada. It came to a place that David just got wrapped up in himself with Jesus that it just couldn't, you know, just couldn't stand around and sit around and, and hear somebody else talk about Jesus or talk about the Lord. And the Bible says there was a giant in the land called Goliath. And he had three, I think three, maybe four brothers. Three, I know. And two giants. And they were always battling and calling Israel out to fight. Send us a man. Well, God didn't need a man that stood six feet eight and had a big helmet on, a big shield on. God didn't need that. All he did was... Uh, uh, Jesse said, uh, just uh, take some vittles here and go up to the battle and see how it's going. And so the Bible said, David packed up and uh, the wife, had, his mother helped him get everything packed up and he put a donkey and he started making his way. Well, while uh, he was making his way, there came out a big giant against with the Philistines. And they were camped out there and telling uh, Esau, or I mean, uh, oh, send him a man. You know? Oh, he was absolutely, he was beside himself. He thought he was it, the epitome of victory. I said the epitome of victory. Now, if you're almost seven, eight foot, almost eight foot, wouldn't you think you were the epitome of take on anybody? Send them out. Send them out. And that's what he was telling Israel to do. And there was Saul. Saul was just shaken. And the hero of the Israelites, they were afraid. But here comes a shepherd boy. Let's, let's give him about 18 years old. Here comes a shepherd boy. Hallelujah. And he heard, well, before all of that happened, David was taking care of his father's flock, the sheep. And here came out a big lion, roaring, and grabbed a hold of one of them little lambs. David saw it and he was trying to escape the enemy or that lion was trying to get away but he didn't. David had strength and speed and he grabbed him and slew him with his bare head. Yes. Amen. 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 Now who would tell a story like that? Who would know that an 18 year old would grab a lion by the hair on his head and pull him down and kill him. And then the next thing that happened, here came a bear and a bear got one. And that bear his breakfast, lunch, and dinner. His lamb chops was there and he was, whoa, 
He was slobbering at the at the at the the mouth, just tasting how good that lamb was going to be. David came out, hallelujah, and saw him. He took after him, and he grabbed him. And one stroke by the right hand of God, power killed the bear. So while he was talking to Saul, he said, I, let me rehearse something for you. While taking care of my father's flock, out came a lion, and the lion was going to kill that little lamb. But he said, I caught him. And I caught him by the beard or by the, the, the uh, mane on top of him, and I slew him. Wasn't very long after that, there came a bear. And you know how strong bears are. Just a pop with one of his paws, he can kill you. He can tear you to bits. He said, he came out, and he said, I killed him. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine that's making all these threats against Israel, God's people. He said, let me tell you, he said, don't worry about it. We'll meet him. He had done, God done built his faith up. He had so much faith that he knew that he was going to slay that Goliath, that, that giant. And you know what? He went out. The giant looked at him with arrogancy and nastiness and said, who are you? Why are you sending me a lad to fight? Look at my armor. Look at how I'm dressed. Look at my sword. He was putting out everything to let, let uh, Saul know, of Israel know, that he was a conqueror. He was a hero of the Philistines. David got up to him, or to a certain degree, and David stopped, and he said, you come to me with a sword, with armor, with a shield, and with a helmet. Oh, listen to what happened. He said, but I, come on, tell the devil, I come in the name of the Lord. The God of the universe. The God that controlled the heavens and the heavens. The God that saved me from you years ago. I have the authority. And I'm going to take your head, Goliath, off of your shoulders. And let you know and your people know that God. Oh, hallelujah. My, 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 my. God is able to take care of your problems. The devil has no power over you when you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God and you're believing him to keep you from the wiles of the devil. You just need to take courage. You Come on, stand on your own feet. Tell the devil he has no power over you. He can't touch you. He, he's, he's fearful of you. 
He don't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to read his word, God's word, because he knows where he's at. He knows he's limited, Brother Aaron. You didn't hear me. You did. Did you really hear me? What did I say? All right. There it is. The devil is limited that he can't touch you. He'll make you think he can. He'll give you a little something, but you'll come to destroy me. You'll come to take my life. But God is able. I know who you are. I know you've come to take my life, but you can't take it. You need to talk to the devil. Don't give in to him. He's a liar. He's a thief. He, he is a destroyer. And he will talk to you and tell you God is not going to answer your prayer. Your wishing is in vain. Your praying is in vain. Your reading that book called the Bible is in vain. In that Bible, there's life. There's life right in your hands. Akadea, Odomo, Shataya. Hallelujah. Right in your hands when you pick up this book. It's not like any other book. It's, I said it's not like any other book. This book has power. When you begin to read it, you put into practice what it's telling you to do. Call on the Lord in the hour of need, and he will answer you. He will see you through your trial. He will see you through your problem. He will take you through every trial and every test that you ever come against. But just trust the Lord. Give him high praise, somebody. Give him high praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I love the Lord. And I know that, I know that you love the Lord. I know that you, you're coming and you're loving. You don't have to come to church, but you can't be saved without it. You need God. You need God. Amen. And when you put your trust in God. Listen to what Jeremiah said. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, 5 and 8. He gives us a testimony. Behold, the days cometh, saith the Lord, that I will raise up unto you, David, a righteous branch. They shall no more say, the Lord liveth which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries whither I have driven them. Amen. God is able. God's going to save you. Amen. As you continue to walk with him. Amen. If we walk in the light, 
as he is in the light. Singers, musicians. Let me, let me start back over that again. If we walk in the light, you can't walk in darkness and have God's blessings. You can't turn away from God and expect him to watch over you. We have the blood of Jesus Christ covering us. John said, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, who is he, Jesus? We have fellowship one with another. We'll have fellowship. You know how come we have a, a spirit in here? Because we walk in the light as Jesus in the light. And we have fellowship one with another. I don't know how long you think you, you, you know, you're going to live. That's immaterial. The main thing you need to realize and think about is you're walking with God. Don't worry about when. Just make sure you're ready. That's the main thing, to be ready in an hour that you think not. You could go. I got a home on the other side. I don't intend to give it up for anybody, anything, or any purpose other than going to heaven and to be with Jesus and serving him. I'm not, I'm, I'm not one. I know I need the Lord every day. Every day, every hour. A time when the devil is talking to you. He's trying to tell you that the Lord doesn't love you. He's not concerned about you. Our government is not concerned about us like they ought to be. No. Our world is topsy-turvy. If you think I don't think so. If it does, it'll only be because of God. And if he doesn't, uh, doesn't see to it that it's going to turn, be turned around, it'll go like it is. Don't believe... I'm not, I, I, I shouldn't say... Don't believe politicians. Well, thank you, Brother McNeil. That's what I think. I, I'm not being facetious. I'm trying to be honest. Politicians will tell you what you want to hear. And not only that, some preacher will tell you what he wants you to hear that'll, that'll cause you to want to say, boy, I love that. I, I like that. But, but, Will they like you if you tell them, come out from among the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. Okay? Come out from among them. And 
in closing, this is what the apostles preached. Peter said in Acts 2.38, when they said, what shall we do to be saved? Verse 37. Repent. Everybody say that. Repent. And be baptized. Be immersed in water. For the remission of sin. Well, just you do that, but just because you did it in remission of sin, you didn't use the name. There's only one name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Acts 4.12, by the way. So when I said the ark wasn't able to hold, did you know God has a home in heaven for us? That he's going to, he's got a, a room and heaven is so expanded that he's got a room for every man, woman, boy, and girl that, that closes their eyes in death through Jesus Christ. And he wants to take them and will take them one day. The Bible says that one day the earth is going to change. Amen. In the book of First, First Corinthians. And it says that there's going to come a day shall pass away. But he said, my word shall not pass away. Hallelujah. We got something to stand on. We got the word of God. Just be sure that you in, you're interpreting it right. Using the apostles' doctrine what they taught, what they preached, and you're going to be all right if you do it. Stand with me today. My son had a, an engagement to go to to preach. That's the reason he left a little early. I knew that. I thank you today for staying with us till I close out here. The devil is a liar. He's a thief. He's a troublemaker. And he does everything that he can to keep you from going to heaven. Amen. He'll throw things at you that you never dreamed of. But he's a liar. Those that are listening in on whatever line that you're connected with, Grace Gospel Worship Center, remember God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could think or ask according to his promise. We sing an old song at times. We may not sing it now because she's probably got a sister, got a song. But we used to sing every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line. 
I'm thinking about what God tells us in the end time. Come unto me, all ye labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Where can you go anywhere to find rest for your soul? Not every place you go, you'll find rest for your soul, church. Faithful. Let our families stay faithful. I know this is a holiday weekend. And many are out of town somewhere. But things are going to change. What was my message today to you about? The church's greatest hour is still ahead. Don't get bogged down what's happening with COVA and what's happening with people. Don't get bogged down with the fact that we all are, are hurting to a point where gas is five, five, and a little over $5 a gallon. Don't get stirred up about uh, your uh, meat and vegetables. God knows what's happening. God sees all that. Just stay faithful to God. If you do anything, stay faithful to Almighty God. If you stay faithful to Him, He will see you through. He will bring you out. And He will one day change your life like a vapor. And you'll just disappear and appear in glory to be with the Lord forever. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Pray for those who are not with us today, that they might have a safe journey, a safe trip, wherever they may be coming back in this weekend or first of the week. God bless you. We look for you on Wednesday next week to come out and be with us. And those that are in uh, online today, God bless you. May God richly keep you and bless you in his name forever. He say this mountain can't be moved. He say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. Hallelujah. There is.